Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. The team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Writer Junkie. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Writer Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at writerjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Weekly Podcast brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. I am joined today by Hani Amadi. And Hani, I want to just congratulate you on your favorite team winning their <laughs> NBA basketball game today. They beat your second favorite team and your favorite player went off. So how does it feel? feels great. It's always a good day. First of all, I guess I should clarify that I'm not actually a Raptors fan, <laughs> although I do enjoy their team. Uh, it's always a good day when, when you get to see Kyle Lowry and his backside put on a great show. Hani <laughs> <laughs> is just being modest. He's the CEO and founder of Raptors Outsiders. Uh, that's why I have him on this pod today. <laughs> uh, we are recording this pod uh, just briefly after the Lakers fall to the Raptors for the 972nd time in a row. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, tough game for the Lakers, tough game all around. I mean, Toronto's a good team. Like, we're going to get dive into it. We mentioned this on the last pod. Uh, we went over the Clipper game in depth um, a couple days ago when it happened. So if you want that, you can just go over to basically wherever you get your podcasts and uh, find Lakers Outsiders on there. Uh, it's on Podbean, iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we did a full pod on that one. We're going to go back to that one here to wrap up this podcast, but this is going to be kind of more about the Raptors game because that's the one that happened the night that we're recording this. So um, as always, guys, be sure to subscribe to Lakers Outsiders and UCast Studios on those uh, podcast platforms, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube as well. We got a couple videos, uh, video projects coming up on Lakers Outsiders here in the next few days, so uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to be kind of – now that games are back, we're going to have some more video content, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and you can follow Hani and I on Twitter. Uh, Hani is just at H-O-N-I-A-H-M, and I'm just at Gary Kester. So, all right, let's dive into this Raptors game. Obviously, like I said, a tough game for the Lakers, but, I mean, the Raptors are good, man. Like, people people have been kind of sleeping on this team, even though they're the defending champions, obviously because they lost Kawhi Leonard in the offseason. Um, but people forget that this team is really good. And we mentioned this in the, the last pod, how well how well – 
is it well run, well ran? Well <laughs> run seems, seems <laughs> right to me. Yeah, I'm not an English major, but uh, well run organization. The Raptors are. Uh, they just their the front office has done a great job, and Nick Nurse is a hell of, hell of a coach, man. I mean this that team is extremely well coached. They're 47 and 18 this year. Like they're not really that far off from from the Lakers, uh, which is kind of crazy. I mean, the Lakers are now 50 and 15, so that's three games better. Uh, so this team is really good. So I don't want people to overreact to this loss. But uh, Honey, I was very frustrated watching this game. How did you kind of handle this loss? Were you more frustrated, more like, eh, you know, it's okay, it is what it is at this point? I mean, since it was your favorite team, they lost. <laughs> um, it was a little bit of both for me. I, I wasn't truly frustrated because of the reasons that you said. The Raptors are really, really good. Um, and I don't think there's really any shame in losing to them. Um, and, and we kind of talked about this to wrap up the podcast the other night. They, they're just uh, really, really well coached. And every single player on their team, in their rotation at least, is not a defensive liability. There's not a single player that they put out on the floor where you're like, all right, we're, we can target that guy on uh, on offense. And I think you saw that tonight, that the Lakers really struggled to get into their offense. Um, the Raptors, from the get-go, through double teams at Anthony Davis literally every time he caught the ball. Yeah. Um, and to his credit, I think he did a much better job handling that than, than he has in the past. But it obviously did bother him. He didn't have a, a great scoring night. Um, and they also managed to put a lot of uh, different bodies on LeBron and, and keep him slowed down as well. Um, at the end of the day, there's also the issue of the Lakers just not hitting three-pointers, and they got quite a few good looks. They took 40 of them, uh, which is a lot compared to their usual numbers, and they only made 10. Um, so if you know they have an average night shooting uh, with those numbers, they probably come out on top. So because of that, I, I wasn't too upset i was just more frustrating that it's kind of a trend that's continued over these last few games that the lakers haven't been able to shoot the ball from deep yeah my frustration i mean lies with the fact that kyle lowry i feel like never misses a shot against the lakers and i don't know for me he's a frustrating player to i used to i feel like i used to like kyle lowry and now i just get frustrated every time i watch the lakers because he is he's a really good player yeah but man, that guy ends up on the floor a lot. Like Tony Parker, like ends up on the floor for like no no reason. But um, no, also frustrated just for the the reasons that you mentioned. I mean, the Lakers did have a number of open looks, uh, which is good, but they still are going through these dry spells. That's very frustrating. And I think I tweeted this during the game. They actually had two different uh, five minute periods in this game where they didn't register a single bucket. Uh, they yeah. had that. Once against the Clippers as well, they started the third quarter. Uh, first five minutes, I think they had a free throw, and that was it. Um, and they started uh, two quarters like that. I think the first and the third quarter. Um, yeah. So maybe it's the third quarter that's a that's a a trend here. But uh, yeah, starting quarters kind of slow. Um, I hope it's not a trend that continues. But the, the start of the first and third quarter, I mean, they spotted a good team 13 points and still had a halftime lead. So, I mean, they started to battle back, but you got to give uh, Toronto credit for adjusting in the second half and, I mean, just taking it to the Lakers. In the second half, it was, you know, the, the game kind of totally flipped. And um, it was I think it was a tie game with like seven minutes left, and then the Raptors just went on a big run from there. Uh, they yep. really kind of took control of the game and executed a lot better. Lakers kind of settled for some shots. Um, yeah, I mean – Going into this game, I was a little, <clears throat> I was a little optimistic because 
you know, I was like, yeah, the Lakers played two nights ago, but they should be still relatively, I mean, should still be fresh because they had a day off. And it was Toronto's for four and a half months. And I was like, maybe they'll be, they'll, they'll be rusty. And, you know, kind of like what we saw with the Lakers and, and the Clippers. But I think more so the Lakers and Clippers are just two really tough defensive teams. So the offenses were going to look pretty bad. And mm-hmm. I mean, at times, both of the offenses in this game didn't look great either because they're both very good defensive teams. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and another thing too is Toronto. I mean, obviously we have no insight to how long they've been prepping for the Lakers, but they look like a team that had been game planning for them for a month because they mm-hmm. knew they were first on the schedule because the, it's one thing to, just double Anthony Davis on every touch, which they were basically trying to do. It's another thing to execute it really well, because you're basically saying we're going to get the ball out of this guy's hands and then scrambled yeah. at first playing four on three and trying to, to rotate and get everybody in the right spots. It takes a lot of practice playoff, like uh, adjustment, like a playoff series, like adjustment. And they played it. I mean, really, really well. I mean, Lakers did miss a lot of open shots, uh, but for the most part, I mean, to employ that type of tactic and be as sound defensively as the Raptors still were. Um, because, you know, I'm sure they've done that before to other guys. Um, but that's, that's something that takes a lot of repetition, a lot of practice. Um, and it's not easy. It's not easy to double, double a guy and basically say, we're, we're going to make all the other guys play four on three, especially when one of those four is LeBron James mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of those instances. So Frustrating night for Anthony Davis. Uh, I don't know. He he didn't seem like fully engaged like he did. And maybe that's just because he wasn't able to get going. Um, I I don't know. I mean, do you think this is just a bad matchup for AD or do you think it was just an off night or, you know, how I guess how problematic do you think that the like teams double teaming him into the playoffs? Like how could that affect the Lakers down the stretch? Um, I don't think it's insignificant. I think if there's one flaw you can point to in AD's game, uh, overall it is his passing ability, especially when he is doubled. Um, Being able to make those quick decisions, find cutters, find shooters, is not really his forte. And I think he did a better job of that tonight overall, uh, especially in the first uh, three quarters, but it is an issue. And I think there's a trend I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there is a trend overall this season, especially in games against these tougher teams, where in the fourth quarter, Anthony Davis doesn't really perform as much as the Lakers need him to. I think tonight he only had one three-pointer, was his only scoring in the fourth quarter against the Clippers. I think he only had two points in the fourth quarter after having a really good game overall. Um, So I I think this is an issue that the Lakers really need to address, and he needs to address. And I think it's a a combo thing. It's a a matter of him just... uh, really taking advantage of matchups and, and being aggressive to to get to the rim and especially draw uh, fouls, which he's really good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's up to Vogel and LeBron as well to get him in those positions. I think I, I like that the Lakers were playing through him in the post a lot to, to get those double teams and have him pass it out and then create some advantageous opportunities. But I also think it took way too long to get him involved in like a pick and roll game where he could be uh, catching the ball with that full steam going towards the rim. Um, and again, it, it's both of the different parties because AD also had some moments where he would 
beat his man off the dribble, but instead of going strong at the rim, he would just stop and take a jumper. And that's not really what you want your big guy to do. Like he's a good shooter, but I don't really want him taking pull up elbow jumpers instead of trying to get to the rim and draw an extra foul. Um, so I, I think that that to me, honestly, is probably one of the most important things for the Lakers to figure out between now and the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, something that, yeah, like you said, needs to, to improve and needs to get better. And I don't know if it does. I mean, it's just something they got to find a solution for. I mean, that's kind of one of those things that might need an offseason of work uh, with Anthony Davis, of a lot of film study and, and things like that. Uh, it makes me think, I, and not that I'm comparing the two players, but it makes me think back to Andrew Bynum. Bynum kind of had this, uh, you know, similar issues with that where it was like teams couldn't double Pau Gasol because Pau was basically a point guard in a, in a power forward or a center's body and could just pick you apart. But teams could double bind him in the post, and he had kind of problems passing out of it. So AD kind of has some some issues with that as well. And I, sometimes I think I wish he would just make the simple pass and allow basically the nearest pass to swing the ball and sometimes yeah. makes kind of that extra pass when he doesn't need to. Um so it it does definitely does need to get better, and the Lakers need to kind of adjust their offense a little bit. And I I like getting the ball to Anthony Davis in, in different positions, either on the move, spotting up for three, not primarily just in the post, which seemed to be kind of most of their game plan tonight. Um, I mean, there were he did have some looks from three that he passed up, and the Lakers as a team were kind of overpassing tonight. It was a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. Passed up some good looks. Even J.R. Smith passed up a three. <laughs> To pass like to pass down to to AD, I think, and even AD was like, "Why didn't you shoot that, dude?" Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, overpassing was kind of an issue. There were some, I mean, some possessions where the ball movement was great. Guys just didn't want to pull the trigger. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, got to get AD the ball. I think a little bit more on the move. Um, but ultimately, at the same time, if guys make open shots, we're probably having a very different discussion right now, and we're probably right. applauding him for being unselfish and not worrying about getting his. But at the same time, like Anthony Davis is maybe a top five player in the game right now. We got to get him more than shots. And, like, and to his, just got to get him more. Sorry, to, to his credit, he had zero turnovers tonight while dealing with that sort of defense. Like he had a he had a good day of handling the ball and uh, he had three assists as well. And and like you said, I think I think today he did a much better job of making that easy pass out of the double teams and letting the other guys swing the ball around and get uh, advantageous situations. Yeah. Yeah. And some of it just comes down, like I said, to guys making shots like Danny Green right now. Danny, obviously, I'm obviously a big Danny Green fan because he was a Tar Heel national champion and all that. And man, he's he's just struggling right now. He's struggling. And like, I, I feel like there's this complex, this like weird mental complex with shooters when you finally get them on your team. Because, like, Danny Green is a good shooter. He's been a good shooter for the majority of his career. Then you get him on your team, and even if they're shooting 40%, you you notice the six misses out of every 10. For McGreen, before the hiatus, was shooting 38% from three. Like, that's damn good. Yeah. And on a pretty high volume. But struggled uh, really – I mean, the Clipper game, I think he was two for six. And this game, he didn't score a single point, missed every single shot, and he had some really wide-open looks. Uh, pretty crazy tweet from at Pickup Hoop, uh, who's a really good follow uh, if you're a Laker fan. Uh, he probably the best Twitter account to keep all the old receipts, <laughs> all the old takes on on Lakers uh, or on the Lakers like going into the season and all that. 
Uh, tweeted out Danny Green in two games versus the Raptors this season. 47 minutes, zero points, zero for 12 from the field, and zero for 10 from three. Pretty crazy. Like, I mean, Hani, since you're the, the co-founder or the founder of Raptors Outsiders, is he like a double agent here and is he helping out his old team? I got to admit that I use my uh, oodles of wealth from running Raptors Outsiders to pay him to not score against us. <laughs> is he- a Steve Bomber, but for the the team, <laughs> the team in Canada. I'm not paying yeah, no, I mean, it's... to uh, ignore him going to Magic City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's. I mean, it's frustrating, and I know it's frustrating for him. You could tell by his body language, like, and he he has this tendency I've noticed too when he, he goes through these stretches where he struggles from the three point line, where he even tries to just get as many shots up as he can after whistles, like. I think there was a play today. He had the ball in the corner and well after the whistle, the referee's sitting there with his hands up, like ready for the ball. And Danny Green <laughs> takes a shot because <laughs> he just wants to see one go through the net. So like, I, I know it's frustrating for him and I know he's trying to shake out of it. And for, for a shooter, I mean, sometimes it's all it takes is one game or even one shot to, to see it, see the ball go through the net. So I, I think he'll be fine. I mean, he's got six more of these games, these seeding games to, to go just before we even start the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, Green is, is a two-time NBA champion. He's played in a lot of big games, been in a lot of big moments. So I, I think ultimately he's going to be fine. So, uh, but guys just got to make shots. Alex Caruso was a pretty solid three-point shooter. I think he was 36% on the year going in. And it feels like I think he's missed – I think he made one today. Um, I can look at the box score. But he's missed a lot of open jumpers as well. So KCP too. Yeah, KCP been really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of guys that – are more than capable from hitting threes and are missing a lot of open ones. I think part of it is also that they're getting used to shooting in completely different environments. And I've, I, I've heard a lot of other uh, players around the league say these gyms are more advantageous for shooters. I guess like they just think there's better sight lines or whatever. Um, although I heard that mostly during the scrimmages before they put a million LCDs and whatnot around the, around the court. So I don't yeah. know if that changes anything, but um, either way, I think it's just getting used to playing in that environment rather than playing at Staples or any other arena. I wonder how weird it is to have the interactive fans <laughs> behind the backboard because they're so much bigger than like actual people would be sitting in those seats. I, like, I would. I don't think I, if I was like pulling up for a jumper and all of a sudden I saw Chris Bosh on a screen <laughs> behind the backcourt, I'd be I'd be a little uh, out of sorts too. I'm just saying, yeah, I'd be thrown off if I saw the Laker chain guy behind the basket <laughs> instead of at midcourt where he's always sitting behind the broadcast booth. So yeah, we need better research by these people. Why are you putting him in the wrong spot? <laughs> You're throwing off our game. Unbelievable. Just another just another piece of evidence that the underdog Lakers are trying to just overcome everything and 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 shock the world and win this championship. This one was a Raptors home game, man. I didn't see Drake anywhere. <laughs> Somewhere Drake was trying to get inside the Orlando bubble. Oh, yeah. He was trying to see if he could be a virtual fan inside the Lakers locker room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Uh, it was such a it was such a weird game. Like honestly, like the the last two games, and we'll uh, jump into the Clipper game, uh, recap that here in just a second. But these two games, man, after watching like a lot of the the Raptors 
or not the Raptors, the Rockets and the Mavs just played no defense at all. Like seeing high level defense in these two games that the Lakers have played uh, is kind of, it's kind of cool. Cause like they've had like a playoff, like in intensity where these teams are just defending their asses off and like they're, they're scrambling, they're fighting for rebounds and, and all this stuff. And like that it's playoff like basketball. And I think ultimately that's going to make the Lakers better uh, when these playoff games roll around. And it's tough since they haven't wrapped up number one seed just yet. Um, like we said, the Raptors are good, man. It's, it's time you like people recognize how good that team is, even without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you know, they, they have a couple guys on that team that uh, didn't play. I think uh, OG Ananobi was hurt last year and is, is playing this year, and he's a solid contributor for him, you know. Right. So I, they're, I believe, they're good. I believe through the same number of games uh, as last season, they have their they have one more win than they did last year with Kawhi. So they're just really solid all around for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're tough, man. Lakers got a pretty tough draw getting uh, the Clippers and then Toronto in their first two games. But I mean, it's a good like thing, said, honestly, ultimately. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to, you're going to get better from this. So, yeah. all right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to kind of circle back around Let's talk about the Clippers game. Uh, we have a little more run. Uh, we've seen the Lakers play another game and the Clippers played another game as well today. So we'll kind of circle back to that in just a second. Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. The team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rider Junkie. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Rider Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. Okay, so we talked about the bad. Now we can talk more, more again about the good. And like I said, we did a full pod on this that went a little more in-depth. Um, so if you want to hear that, you can head over to uh, find us on Lakers Outsiders, just on wherever you get your podcasts. And we have a full episode uh, up on, on those platforms. So be sure to check that out. Um, but basically... Lakers had a – it was a really weird game. The Lakers jumped out to a double-digit lead, and then the Clippers came all the way back and pushed their lead to 11, and then the Lakers came back and pushed their lead to 11, and then it results in LeBron getting a put-back layup with, I think, 12 seconds left that was ultimately the game winner because Paul George missed the three at the buzzer, which reminded me that he had a Gatorade commercial where he was hitting a game winner. And no, it just – tonight. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was ball game for sure, uh, just not in how he envisioned it. So uh, Lakers come away with a, with a close win. After what we've seen today, the day that we're recording this, the Clippers went and 
and just absolutely destroyed the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I think they were by 20. They ended up winning by 23 and really just jumped all over them from the start. Um, given that and the Lakers' performance today, does that change kind of your perception of, of that Laker win or still feel kind of about the same about it? It's more or less the same thing to me uh, from from the get-go. I was not going to take a lot out of that game just because of uh, who was missing and how long it had been since anybody played basketball. But I think there was just small details in the game that were significant. And, you know, we talked about Kyle Kuzma a lot, uh, and I think that was really significant. And I think he had another pretty good game tonight, although in the fourth quarter he uh, had quite a bit of difficulties trying to guard Kyle Lowry, which to be fair, literally everybody on the Lakers did. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, seeing seeing Kuzma kind of have more of a role as a three and D player rather than a third option, I think was a significant takeaway. Um, seeing a guy like Dion Waiters be a ball handler and, and really create plays, I think is significant just because you're seeing these little aspects uh, of the Lakers that you can potentially see uh, being repeated in the playoffs. Like the result ultimately it doesn't matter it's nice to be the clippers and it's fun and we get to clown them but i, I don't really take away anything about of from them winning regardless of what the clippers do uh following that my takeaway was since the lakers beat the clippers in that game they're guaranteed to get to the nba finals yes i mean so. that's fair i we literally closed the uh podcast last time but saying that today's game uh was going to be a finals preview so it's looking, yeah. looking pretty good so far. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a reasonable amount to take away from the first seeding game after four and a half months off in, in a strange environment. Yeah. I, I think uh, you can lock it in right now. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I like it was more so like looking at trends and I really wanted to keep an eye on Kuzma and Dion Waiters to see, you know, because I thought Dion, and that's kind of what one of the videos that we got coming out uh, tomorrow or Sunday, I should say, uh, is is focused on is is Kuzma and Dion Waiters and and their contributions and and Kuzma's defense. I was pretty impressed with. Like I, I kind of thought back to the first time they played Toronto and Siakam just tore him up. Yeah. Like scored out well on him, and today's effort effort was so much better. I mean, Siakam's really good, so like he's gonna—he's just a tough cover. I mean, he's—he's he's a big, really, really big wing that can that can shoot, can you know handle. I mean, he can do a lot of different things. So he's a type of guy that you're probably not gonna shut down, uh, but you, you can try and limit him the best you can. I thought Kuzma did a really good job. As for guarding Lowry, I mean, I don't expect Kuzma to stick with point guards in general. But Lowry was just everything, and it was. Just really hard for the Lakers to to contain, and you know it is what it is. But he played some really good defense. I mean, even that uh, Norman Powell running hook shot, Kuz's reaction was priceless because it was like the same thing I did. I was just like, he couldn't have defended that any better. Like sometimes yeah. better off a good offense just beats good defense. So uh, Kuzma's defense has been encouraging. Deion Waiters has been very very encouraging. Um, just coming off the bench and providing an offensive spark, both in creating you know plays for himself and plays for others. Um, it's really, really nice to see. So, um, no, I mean, watching bits and pieces of, of the Clipper game just made me think that, I don't know, maybe it's a hot take, but that the Clippers and Lakers are just so far ahead of everybody else in the West. And that's not to say that nobody else is a threat, but 
when those two teams, when if every team plays their best, the Clippers and Lakers are far and away better than everybody else in the Western Conference. And like when the Lakers and Clippers play each other, it's going to look ugly just because they're two heavyweights just trading yeah. shots. Like they're both really good defensive teams, and I think they're kind of built for one another. Like the Lakers have AD, whereas the Clippers have a ton of wing players kind of designed mm-hmm. to try and slow down LeBron, but they don't have anybody for AD. And, you know, so on and so forth. Like, there's just kind of – it's fun to see kind of how these things uh, kind of uh, – how they counteract one another. And that's why, to me, their games look kind of ugly. Uh, yes. Just because they're both really good and they're really tough defensive teams. So, uh, that's just kind of what I thought today. And I guess thinking back on it now, I mean, looking at the two games for the Lakers so far, I'm just encouraged that they've – one beat the Clippers despite LeBron having a really tough offensive game. And I mean, AD scored 34 points that game, but he wasn't very efficient from the field. He was eight of 19, like not, that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this game, they didn't get AD offensively. They just kept doubling him. Um, LeBron played, Le- LeBron played decent, but certainly has played much better. Um, you know, as much or capable of much more. So the fact that, you know, these two games, they had a, had a chance to to win this game, tie game seven minutes to go. And they beat the Clippers, despite their two superstars not playing to the, their full potential, is re- is really encouraging. Like they're getting contributions from these other guys, and they're right there with other elite teams. Like the Clippers and the Raptors are two of the four best teams in the league right now. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm encouraged ultimately. Like the Lakers are gonna have to shake off some rust. Basically, if, if they just start knocking down some of these open open shots, I mean, notably the, the open threes, this team is going to be very, very difficult to beat uh, in a single game, let alone four out of seven times. So right. not yeah. over, overly worried about it. They get, I mean, the Jazz up next are kind of frauds. I mean, uh, a decent team, but, you know, whatever. The Jazz uh, – Right now, I mean, they're they're in, they're going to be in the playoffs. I just they're the four seed. Not, I'm just not worried about Utah. I mean, this could come back to bite me. Like if Utah beats the Lakers in the second round, I just I don't I don't I don't know with them, man. I feel like that they're almost underachieving a little bit right now. Uh, they got stomped today uh, by the Thunder, and. I don't know. I think the Lakers definitely have some uh, some opportunities in that game to really get their offense and, and shake off the rust even a little bit more. Yeah, I think uh, they're going to have some good opportunities going against uh, Croissant Kwame Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so tune in that night. We should have a pod up that night as well, uh, talking about the – However, that game comes out, and if, if the Lakers lose that game, uh, I'll have to eat some serious crow after my statements today. And uh, eat some serious crepes. <laughs> serious, some serious. I'll eat some serious Popeyes chicken sandwiches. Yes. Uh, lose that game. I might have three. I was, try- so, I was trying to fit one in, but but you got it. <laughs> like I I will always fit in the Popeyes chicken sandwiches, and it's not a paid sponsorship. Somehow, I mean yet yet. But Look, whatever, we have we have close to fifteen thousand followers on Twitter now. Why aren't they all tweeting at Popeyes to tell them to give us a sponsorship? Yeah, it's beneficial for you guys. You could get promo codes. Seriously, I mean, I just I just want 
like a discount of some sort or like a buy one get one chicken sandwich deal free enter promo code byron scott for a free chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh we did have a couple questions that we can probably run through uh just real quick here basically <laughs> kind of related to danny green uh <laughs> Danny Green with the donut. When was the last time that happened? I'm just going to assume it was the last time they played the Raptors since he has not scored against them this year. Uh, he's had another donut game in between, but I'd prefer it to be that way. It's really yeah. funny. We'll just, we'll just say he only does it against uh, non-American teams. So <laughs> just the Canadian team. Uh, why does Danny Green go ice cold against his former team? Uh, honey, we established that you pay him lots of money to, to do that. Uh, allegedly i will save i will save the other question we can do a mailbag podcast this week i think it's actually a very interesting question basically asking about the rotation and, and lebron kind of mm-hmm. subbing out um around the six five six minute mark like he normally does and then kind of comes back in i think that's a very interesting topic so we'll we'll save that for a, a full full length discussion um and and some other questions and stuff so uh, but basically, everybody's just mad at Danny Green tonight. But Danny, I still love you. So I, I still love da- Danny Green, former Reno Bighorns legend. Come on, are you <laughs> kidding me? You think I'm not going to support that guy? Oh, uh, <laughs> Reno Bighorns. Good God. Yeah, we're getting out of here. That's it. Uh, we got our we got our Popeye's chicken sandwich mentioned in there. We're, we should have just signed off right there. But uh, no, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we got a couple of videos coming out here. Um, we're, as always, we're, we got a whole whole crew staying on top of everything, uh, news, headlines, everything um, regarding the Lakers. So be sure to uh, tune into LakersOutsiders.com. And you can follow all of our socials, uh, Twitter and Instagram, just at LakersOutsiders. And you can like us on Facebook as well. And, of course, you can subscribe to UCAS Studios and Lakers Outsiders on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow Hani on Twitter, just at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. And me at Gary Kester. I don't know why I was starting to blank on that for a minute, but uh, you can also follow Hani's alternate account, just at Raptors Outsiders. <laughs> so be sure to check that out if you're a Raptors fan. Somebody's going to make that if it doesn't exist already. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to do it for us this time. Hopefully on Tuesday we'll be talking about a win. Um, if not, we'll, we'll be there regardless. So be sure to tune in. Thank you much for listening, and until next time. This is Gary Kester with Hani Amadian and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out to Lakers and Reno Bighorns legend Jeremy Lin. <laughs>